0: Want a boy. This is a desire, a request, and desperation, so often heard in my practice as an obstetrician, to compel me to write about it. Tales of girls and mothers who lived to deliver a son. In my first year of MBBS, I was called to labor room by one of my seniors as a part of ragging, I suppose terrified me entered the labor room wondering what kind of labor was i supposed to do here it was a huge hall lined by two rows of bed on either side on each bed there were two or three female patients in different stages of labor sitting or lying uncomfortably beside each other shrill wails cries and shoutings were filling the hall from every direction A nurse ran past me to attend a lady in advanced stage of labor. She pulled her out of the bed and dragged her to a adjacent room which was equipped with labor table. The lady was in severe pain. She could not stand erect. She was supporting herself on her knees leaning forward with legs wide open pushing or pooping something. With much difficulty, she was placed on a table where my senior attended her. And everybody started encouraging her. You can do it. Push it. Push with all your might. And the laboring patient held her breath, perspiring with exhaustion, pushed it hard. A tiny, pink, wet baby popped out in my senior's hand. She held it upside down and showed it to the mother and asked whether it's a boy or a girl. Mother narrowed her eyes, looked at it, but did not speak. The request came again, tell me whether it's a son or a daughter. She turned her face to the wall and no response. My senior got irritated. She asked that you have to tell whether it's a boy or a girl Baby is getting cold, I have to cut the cord. Tell me whether it's a boy or a girl, but no success. Nurse slapped on her face to bring her to senses, but all in vain. Nurse rushed outside to call the attendants, and in a minute, a female attendant, around 50 years of age, was shoved inside the labor room, and we all demanded, please announce the gender of the baby. The lady pulled her veil to shield her nose and face from the stench of amniotic fluid, urine, stool, looked around at the blood-soaked floor, soiled linen, wide-open legs and merrily crying baby hung upside down in my senior's hands and spoke with bitter low tone, Oh, it's a girl again. She was sent out, baby wrapped and secured in mother's arms. My senior started stitching perennial tear and telling me why it was so very important for them to acknowledge the sex of the baby before cutting the cord. Otherwise, they would disown their daughters. It was all surreal for me. And suddenly I realized, instead of cradling the baby, She was smothering her newborn. I snatched the baby from her grip and checked the limp, blue, lifeless baby for pulse. It was beyond my grasp. But mother had no remorse on her face. It was her fourth daughter. She was constantly abused physically and emotionally because of them. Even her daughters were neglected, unloved, and uncared for. She could foresee their lifelong agony. This daughter was her flesh and blood. It was her responsibility to give her a respectable life, which she was not capable of. And hence the decision to release her from life. This was my first day in the labor room. And after a few years, I joined OBGYN as postgraduate resident and it was a routine. Women wanting to live a life of self-respect, bleeding to death, orphaning their daughters for one son. Most of the time they were warned of these life-threatening complications. Excessive post-delivery bleeding or PPH after repeated childbirths or death on table due to torn, tattered uterus after repeated cesarean deliveries. And if you think that these stories are from uneducated, low socioeconomic group of population who is visiting government hospital, you are mistaken. Affluent class can afford to test the gender in the womb and discontinue if it is not their favorable sex till they conceive with favorable sex. Or even better. Go for IVF and get male embryo transferred. It's offered in many countries. Many absurd rituals are followed. Like washing vagina with chemical irritants to favour male sperms, Giving only cow's milk, no solid, no salt, no sugar diet to pregnant female for few months consuming holy dust or tablets to change the gender from girl to boy or asking the youngest daughter to eat the poop of newborn boy to ensure brother's good health I was piling up all these stories for more than two decades and imagine what I was living in one of them When I delivered my daughter at the age of 22, after completion of my MBBS, though I was not prepared for motherhood, but the change, transformation was instantaneous. As soon as I held my daughter in my arms, my emotions overpowered me. She was so small, fragile, innocent and dependent. She was my part, part of my body, my soul, my identity. I needed to protect her, love her, and see that she is loved by my word. But my word, my parents in law, they did not expect a daughter. They even refused to distribute or accept sweets because it was not a boy. And from then on, there was a silent demand for grandson in every conversation. I was asked to follow endless rituals sent for sex determination and emotionally blackmailed to discontinue pregnancies till I delivered a boy whose birth was celebrated with great enthusiasm by all but me. I was dying from within, with the burden of heinous crimes. I was dying, I was hating myself. I was hating my newborn boy and I was hating myself more for not loving my newborn son, for none of his fault. But now I was accepted my parents-in-law. What is this desire for boy? I think it is an orthodox mindset of older generation who believes that only sons should inherit our property and wealth. And we need son to perform our last rituals to secure a seat in heaven. And we need to save lots of money for girls wedding. And they should be married early, even before they finish their education, even before they are financially secure. And then they are forced to follow the instructions and wishes of their adopted family who want them to produce their heir. And they would not want them to use any contraception. First of all, our younger adults have no knowledge of contraception and second, every contraceptive means is blamed to have severe side effects. Oral contraceptive pills can make you fat and infertile. Intrauterine device can perforate your intestines and permanent sterilization can weaken your body for life. Contraception discussion is forbidden. It is taboo in our family. We do not tell safe contraceptive methods to our young adults because it might give them implied consent to indulge in sexual activities. And if some wise couple sneaks out to seek medical advice from a doctor, they are disappointed because doctors cut from the same orthodox fabrics are themselves not convinced with the safety of contraceptive means? Is there any solution? Am I seeing a change with time? Yes, there is a pleasant change. There is a jump of joy when a young couple delivers a baby girl. They tell me they always wanted a baby girl, even if it was their second baby girl. And then my throat is choked remembering their first day in the labour room. The percentage of these couples is very small. These young boys and girls are financially secure, educated, professionally qualified, who have selected each other on the basis of compatibility, not caste or religion. They do not inherit the orthodox mindset of their elder generation. They think logically, they analyse every age-old belief system. Education has cleared all the myths and they have scientific knowledge of reproductive health, family planning, gender equality and safe sex. A ray of hope is shining through the clouds of illiteracy, patriarchal system and orthodox belief system. Transformation is slow but palpable. Education and financial independence to both boys and girls is the key. And there will be a time when no mother will feel sad on delivering a daughter. And I wish to live in that world. Thank you.